Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Gentlemen, hello. Wait, it's Sunday, the second of April already. Second. Oh yeah, so it is. <laughs> I fancy yeah. that. Well, we've just nipped back from. Uh, well, JB and Phil, you've nipped back from South Africa to do the pod. Just no. a short commute. No big deal. <laughs> and I've uh, I've nipped back from where where was I? Oh yeah, I would have just been. I'm just arriving. I just arrived at Yosemite National Park, and now I'm flying back as well. Uh, yeah, we're we're really here in person on Sunday the second of April, and this is not in any way, shape, or form a pre-prepared podcast. Um, as a result of us synchronising our holidays to minimise disruption. Uh, how are you doing, Phil? I'm good. Good. Having a great time in South Africa. It's wonderful. How's your trip going so far, JB? Yeah, great. Lots of barbecued steak? Uh, yeah, great. Lots of screaming kids, lots of awful family time. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, someone selfishly arranging a wedding. Uh, you know, if you arrange a wedding in South Africa, you know I've only got one option. That's to take two weeks off. So, yeah, great. Really enjoying it. I, I think people arrange weddings abroad I think basically to, to stop well I, I would think it's to actually because they don't want people to go if you wanted yeah. people to come to your wedding you'd make it easy for people to come to your wedding yeah right yeah, yeah you would you absolutely would do that yeah so yeah, I'm having a great time. Thanks for asking. Good. Uh, right, well, let's get on with this very special podcast, our Lions Squad Selection Podcast, part one, the forwards. Let's go for this. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates that love the game and are here every single week, 52 weeks of the year, to have a little bit of a natter about it. I'm Tim, you've already heard from JB. Hello Tim. And Phil. Hello Tim. So, uh, a review that's been left on iTunes, and please leave yours, Uh, we thank you very much, don't ask you for much, but uh, two minutes of your time to leave a review on iTunes would be great, as Platterface has done, and Platterface says, as a TV weatherman... Oh, I wonder which one he is. Mm, is, is he the one? Is he Thomas Schaffernacker, the one that did the did the uh, swear sign and then I hope to scratched God. his chin? I hope to God it's who, who's the, is it Lisa Val Lisa? She's got like a Indian surname Val Val. Oh, what's her name? Oh, absolutely stunning. I, I, I hope it's her. Well, I'm sure it is her. I hope anyway, it's her. Uh, as as a TV weather, it says weather man. Oh well, mm. as, as a TV, we, we mustn't judge. As a TV weatherman, I've given my fair share of dodgy forecasts, but these guys take the biscuit. 
The inability to predict the results of rugby matches makes Michael Fish in 1987 look like Nostradamus. <laughs> if you like listening to a poor man Stato with the personality of an actual actuary, now that's someone who like does insurance stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. predicts mortality tables and that kind of thing. Brackets Phil, a closet UKIP supporter. Brackets JB. I would have thought that might have been aimed at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Virgin Radio's fifth best known DJ after a woman who won Big Brother in 2002. Is that what Edith Bowman did? Uh, no, Kate Lawler. Kate Lawler. Oh, right. I thought uh, <laughs> 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 th- Then this is the podcast for you. Puerile and inane. The perfect way to while away an hour that you'll never get back. Five stars. Thank you very much, Excellent. Platterface. Superb yeah, review. I wonder if we've started a craze now after our Romania review of people just leaving nasty reviews yeah I, I want I, I want the more sarcastic and um, Derog- derogatory. derogatory the better yeah. leave a review on iTunes really derogatory one as long as you leave five stars I don't, <laughs> yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. I don't care say what you want it's brilliant so on this podcast we're going to be uh, doing what a lot of people I think are doing on just bits of paper while they're wasting time at work scribbling down what their Lions squad would be we are going to select in this podcast our Lions forward pack uh, I've got a Lions quiz prepared uh, we've got some Lions tour stories from the past that are going to make us go all misty-eyed and nostalgic. I've got a special feature for you as well. Oh, amazing. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. So, uh, how's this going to work? We're going to... Well, firstly, Phil's got all the stats about how many members of the forward pack are probably going to be selected on April the 19th when Warren Gatlin makes his selection. I do. So, the assumption would be that you'd follow the same formula as last time. Now, there's probably a couple of caveats around that, just because of um, players that can play in multiple positions. For example, last time he had five locks, all of whom were out-and-out locks. Mm -hmm. This time, if you throw someone like Itoje or possibly even Hendo into the mix, then they can play lock and back row. So that might slightly change things. But last time it was 21 forwards, 16 backs, so 37 players. And of the forwards, we had... Three hookers, three loose heads, three tight heads. Makes sense. Five locks, five flankers, of which there were two who were predominantly blind sides and three that were predominantly open sides, and two number eights. Now, that's interesting, because with front row, it sounds like they've got a lot. I don't think he's got enough. Uh, Well, three hookers is probably uh, going to be interesting. Three tight heads. Six of these guys every game. If one of them goes down... Say one of your tight heads goes down, that means you're using the same two every game. Yeah. Well, so last time, obviously this is about the forwards, but last time he only selected two fly halves, which meant that one of them was always playing, with the exception of kind of one game where um, Hogg moved into fly half. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. See, I'm just kind of surprised that they haven't gone with, say, uh, three tight heads, three hawkers, three loose heads, two guys that can do both. Yeah. Yeah, well, last time they actually had Matt Stevens, who could do both, but he was taken as a tight head. So you only had two plus Matt Stevens. Remember, it is a shorter form format this time as well. There's only ten games, I think. Is it only total? ten games? <laughs> no, but but what I mean by that is actually you could be in that position where you you have guys not getting much game time. Yes, yeah, it it's probably a very difficult balance to strike. Yeah, well, I mean, you could actually take uh, you could take four. Four of each hookers, front rows, loose head. Uh, sorry, tight heads, hookers, loose heads, and they could still be playing what five games because of the rotation. Oh yeah, well they could still be yeah. They'll end up playing more than that because they'll they'll end up playing. So if you've got props, you've got three p- 
props, you're always going to have two props. Yeah. Two, like, two, two tight heads in your squad. So they're going to be involved in two-thirds of the matchday squads. Yeah. So they're going to play seven games on average. Oh, the props are the ones that like to get properly on it as well. <laughs> they're going to be the ones that have to be on best behaviour. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so let, let, let's start with front row then. So here we go then. Uh, our squads of British and Irish Lions... Warren Gatland will be listening to this and taking notes, I'm sure. Rightly so. And you can get in touch with us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, Egg Chasers Podcast. We're on Facebook as well, where you can find video content of all of this. And very soon we'll be on YouTube as well. Uh, so just wherever you are, we will be. But loose head prop, shirt number one, three positions up for grabs. Let's go. This is this is going to be like um, the, the Lions selection. With you know Andy Farrell mm. and Graham Roundtree and Warren Gatland and Rob Howley, but with more rugby IQ, I'd guess. Yeah, <laughs> and also I imagine that that, that Rob Howley will, and Warren Gatland's relationship will go. Uh, um, Rob Howley will go. I th- I think this player. And then, what, <laughs> Shut this? up, Rob. No, no, that player. <laughs> Get oh, up. Okay, Warren. <laughs> um, so loose head prop. Okay. Well, it's going to be Mako. You've got to take Mako. Mako has to be in there. I'm, um, I'm writing down yeah, Mako. I'm jotting. Well, actually, let's not say who has to go. Let's just see who can go. Okay, Mako, Marler, Jack McGrath. Okay. Now, uh, is there anyone who's going to be pushing those three for the three shirts? Well, list the well the Welsh loose heads. Uh, Rob Jones. Rob, uh, Rob Evans. Rob Evans. Sorry. Yeah. By the way, l- love Rob Evans. Love Rob Evans. So he's a real old school player, isn't oh, he? Oh, he's great. And when the French were busy cheating with their substitutions, he goes up to the ref and goes, "Ref, we're happy, whatever." Even though <laughs> I, it's did, like, I really I loved like it. <laughs> I think that might. That, you know, I'd like. I'd like to see him go. In, in total contrast to Johan Maestri, who was uh, kicking up a right stink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, is, yeah, are there any other contenders? Who, who else is going to be in the frame? How, who have you got for Scotland, Phil? Well, what about Keen Healy? So for me, because Keen Healy told last time, no, I, I agreed. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Keen Healy has had. So when he burst onto the scene, probably six, seven years ago, he was explosive and dynamic, and he's had kind of repeated injuries, hasn't he? Mm. Since then, and he just doesn't seem to be the same player. His scrummaging is probably solid but not amazing. His ball carrying, solid, not amazing. Work rate again. He's not the player he was. Four, four years time, I think he's called jo- uh, John Porter. But four years time, uh, my, my my Lions bolter for twenty twenty one is John Porter from Leinster, who I think in the next year or two could potentially oust Healy from that bench spot at Leinster. Can, can we also get rid of? Uh, I know he's not played Six Nations, but he is still playing, and he does a lot of good work, not in the scrum, and he can go both sides. Gethin Jenkins, can we just say he's definitely not going? He's in the bin. How, how old is Gethin Jenkins now? He's very old. Uh, he's not that old. I think he's about 33, 34. Oh, is, is he not older than that? Uh, no, I don't think he is. I don't think he is. 36. Oh, he is. And he's 37 this year. Yeah, but, you know, he still does a lot of good work and he does have flexibility. He does. Do you know who else has flexibility who can scrummage on both sides of the scrum? Uh, I wonder if you're going to go the same guy as I've got because I've got okay. a guy. And he's un- is he uncapped? There's, no. a, there's a guy that's uncapped that I can think of. Uh, yeah. Kieran Brooks can scrummage both sides. Yes, ah, he can. I, d- I don't think he'll get. He's not. You know, he's not in the England squads. But I was just. I'm just interested in those guys who maybe could be surprises because of their utility. Well, nature. I, yeah, I've got a bolter for you later on. Then for the front row who can do both sides isn't cap doing well. 
Okay, well, I've got one as well who could mm. be a bolter. Um, oh, okay. In terms of the, in terms of the, the um, doing both sides, so Matt Stevens did travel last time, and he kind of occupied two roles. Because he could play both sides of the scrum, and he was a bit of a court jester type mm-hmm. um, role. So that's all a little bit too good on the beers, some might say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost like he was enhanced somehow. <laughs> okay, okay, let's just move on. <laughs> so, are we? I mean, you asked the question about the Scotland props. You got Alan Dell and Gordon Reid. Anyone no. think either of those are pushing? No. No, Sadly, no. not. No. No. So. It it really it almost selects itself, as in the two English guys, Mako and Marla. Marla, hundred percent. I think Marla's been so, having a wonderful season. So shall we say we wouldn't we we Mako McGrath one from England and then one of England or Ireland, Marla Healy. Oh, uh, I would probably Marla. I'd I, go Marla, Mako, Marla, and another guy. I, really, I w- like above McGrath? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd put McGrath in. And, there, and I'll tell you why. It's just because of. It's because of the work rate you get from Marla. I mean, he's probably got even greater work rate than the than, than Mako, especially in defence. He gets yeah. a lot of work. He does. And has, isn't it a brilliant resurgence by Joe Marla? We maybe haven't given him the credit I, because go back six six months and there, yeah. there would be a big question mark next to him whether he's even England's, England's uh, matchday yeah. squad. And it's the right source yeah. of resurgence, not to be too... Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like... Very quiet, very hard, you know, good statistical work, which I like. Yeah, the graft, isn't it? Mm. It's really grinding out those uh, performances. So, uh, so shall we move to Hooker? Yeah, well, uh, Lou, said, Lou said prop is selected. Well, let's, let's do Tighthead, because I think Hooker might be a bit more of a okay. a contentious one. Again, I think Tighthead, possibly, this might be a relatively short discussion. So I think it almost selects itself, with the only caveat is, um, do you pick a finisher? Mm. Mm. I probably think of of a so-called finisher. Kyle Sinclair would be the one. Yeah, there's a little bit that doesn't like the fact that this is now common vernacular. (laughs) This phrase (laughs) of finisher, I was hoping it might go away, but I know exactly what you mean. Kyle Kyle Sinclair is my third uh, tight head. So who would be your first choice or first two? Um, Furlong and Nell. So despite not having played, I think. When you look at the balance and the spread, if he can prove his fitness, yep. when you look at the spread of the skills they offer, if you need a, a real rock scrummager, Nell. If you want a really explosive player, like you say, that can come off the bench and maybe in test matches as well, Sinclair. And you're sort of all round everything, number one, Furlong. It's, it's weird, isn't it? This is one of the few times the Lions tour has gone away. Without a real nailed-on tight head, without that what ability to say, yeah, that is definitely uh, the guy. Oh, Furlong's the complete standout number one by a mile, I'd the, say. The Let's only see. question mark over Furlong is how long has he actually been performing like this? Yeah, uh, he, he kind of burst onto the scene last year, 2016. Um, not much longevity, but I, I agree from the performances I've seen, he uh, can do a bit of do everything. You know, uh, so every one of these guys has aspects of being an extremely good player. I'd, but I don't think any one of them ties them all together. So I'll start with, with Nell. He's the only guy I can't really comment on because I haven't watched him domestically. I've got a snapshot of him in the World Cup where he was dominant, scrimmaging, but is he dominant at everything else? I simply don't have enough knowledge to say either way. Um, the Tad, Tad Furlong, yes, some great carries. Overall, some uh, good... Uh, what, how do we say is that? Is it tie? Tie. 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 I'll just go with tie. With tie, Furlong. Um, <laughs> great, ca- great carrying. You've got that, you know, that bit, about, a bit against the All Blacks. 
But did he really stand out when Ireland were under pressure against Wales? I don't think he did. Uh, how about even at Scotland? No, not not so much. He did. He, he did man up well against France, though, against that monstrous French yeah. back. So, so, but we're, so we're completely overlooking Dan Cole then. Well, that's the, that's the point. I would come back to Dan Cole and say, you know, as as much stick as he gets, and he does get a lot of a lot of stick. He he does work hard, which is you know my my, my primary concern. He does he look does, like he does look like an oversized baby as well. He does scrimmage well, but he just gives away, in my mind, a lot of penalties. I'm sure statistically, I'd be prove, be proven wrong there. We were thinking maybe Fagerson might get a place on the plane uh, with the with the spot that was opened by Nell's injury, but Why? I. I, I would you take any Scotland prop? Well, this no, is, no, no, exactly. Me... I'm talking pre-Six Nations, uh, yeah. and and that and that was it. That we were sort of thinking with his Glasgow form, maybe Hang Ferguson on, could on, be on. a bolter. But let me finish that sentence. Yeah, go on. Why would you take any Scotland prop when all the Scotland props are in Australia anyway? Uh, I see what you're saying. Well, I th- I'm, oh. sure, I'm sure there's a lot of fringe players that have organised a, a holiday <laughs> to, to uh, New Zealand or Australia. Shane Williams will be doing that as well. He'll get in the squad somehow. Tom Court speaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm, I'm sure Tom Croft will, will be, has organised a, a little um, holiday, fishing holiday in Rotorua or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so furlong for definite. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, what are we saying then? So f- for me, it is. If WP Nell gets fit, yeah, he goes in. Mm-hmm. If WP Nell can't prove his fitness, you replace him with Dan Cole, and then you have Sinclair as your kind of third option. No, Thomas Francis. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. No, no. so so that is the, the Thomas Francis thing is incredibly interesting because if um, Samson Lee had started every game in the Six Nations, we would be talking about Samson Lee for one of those yeah, shirts. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah, you're right. But Thomas Francis. Austin Samson Lee means we're not we're definitely not going to be talking about Francis so therefore we're not talking about Samson Lee isn't it yeah you're right you can look at the conversation one way should should we consider Wales's first choice tight head throughout the Six Nations to go for the Lions or should we consider Exeter's fourth choice (laughs) tight head (laughs) to go with the Lions yeah I'm going to say Cole Furlong Cole Furlong uh, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me to see Samson Lee. I don't really have much, uh, much of a strong opinion on the third one. Hmm. Mine would be Furlong Nell if fit. So I'm with yep. Phil. So that's a consensus there. And then you both are mentioning Cole, yeah, and, yet, and yet we're both mentioning Sinclair. So um, I go with Nell as well. All right, Fur, okay. Furlong Nell, and is it Sinclair or Cole? Cole. If it's out of Sinclair and Cole, it's got to be Cole. You, you are. You know what? I'm just thinking to a test match environment. Sinclair's. Sinclair's work around the park is great. Some of his running is great, but his scrimmaging for both England and for Harlequins has question marks over. So if you're going to throw someone in at the deep end to a test Lions test match in the cake tin, you're probably going to want Dan Cole, aren't you? Wow. But for pure banter purposes, someone who grew up literally thinking he was a, a dinosaur... <laughs> That's what he admitted. He actually thought he was a dinosaur when he was a kid. Um, there, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Hard hitting facts. <laughs> but, uh, then, but then, but then you talk about finishers. Then are you missing a finisher? You've got uh, is, well, Cole, is Cole or Nell the kind of guy you want coming off the bench? So the question mark really is your front row. Do you want the risk of someone who can do a couple of outstanding things that could be better done elsewhere, or do you want the solidity of shoring up your pack? 
And I think with tight head proper particular, the cornerstone of your pack, the finish, the finisher aspect is probably you know less important. What's yeah. probably more likely is that li- the Lions managed to get to sixty minutes and and in a close game, and they're trying to pre- I, they're trying to prevent New Zealand from running away with it or getting ahead, rather than trying to chase the game against. And, yeah. and by the way, why can't Furlong do that finishing role? I mean, he could do. We've yeah. seen him yeah. run run over the All Blacks. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. So there we go. Furlong, Nell, if fit, Cole. Yes. Uh, uh, now, can I just tease something? Yeah. There is an awful lot of of fighting and battling that's going to go on in New Zealand. But there's going to be one particular battle which is going to be incredibly tense. Incredibly tense. I'm going to sh- uh, talk to talk about it all as soon as you talk about Cornerstone. Outstanding. Well, it... Well, <laughs> You don't have to believe us. We've been uh, ambassadors for Cornerstone for quite some time, uh, but you don't have to believe us when we say it is the best razor on the market. You just need to look at all the amazing comments we get from our listeners who have tried the offer you can get through us, who are, are wowed by it, and also just look at the awards. Well, a BBC television show recently did a uh, some industry testing, and you know they're balanced and impartial, aren't they? On the Absolutely. BBC. Absolutely, completely a, a bastion of impartiality, <laughs> and and they had uh, testing which came out and said Cornerstone is the best razor on the market. That just backs up the fact that the GQ Awards had them as the number one razor, beating Gillette, beating Wilkinson Sword. So if you use any other brand, you're using a substandard product. And what is more. For just £4, you can sample it for yourself because by listening to us, you get a very special deal. £10 off your first order and a free engraved aluminium shaft engraved with your initials. So uh, there's, there's no reason not to. Four quid, less than a pint uh, if you go out drinking in London or four pints if you go, <laughs> if you go out drinking in Bucharest. <laughs> so uh, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or... Egg tent at checkout. Come on then, JB. Right, so we have long been advocates of the brand Canterbury, who have done a magnificent job with this year's shirts. The thing is... The, what, the untouchable jersey? The untouchable jersey. The, the thing is, when the lines take two... The to the field in their beautiful Canterbury jerseys. They're going to be other teams that they're playing against, and I happen to have their jerseys. So let me unveil to you the five jerseys that the Lions will be playing against. Now I say unveil; they have already be, been unveiled, but we have them here in in the flesh. So, what? Yeah. What do you mean in the flesh? Let, let let me show you. What do you mean in the flesh? You've been sent the actual jerseys. Hold that! Whoa, whoa! This is exciting! Oh my word! (laughs) Oh wow! Uh, How many of them are in uh, medium? Uh, Suspiciously, they're all in large or extra large. I don't know why. Hmm. That's mine and JB side. Yeah, Yeah. weird. So all of these jerseys they've designed with their. Let me get this right. uh, Based on maps of of the province where they come from, and with a kind of. um, was it a, a, a battle-ready camouflage? So that is why we've got them. So the first one that you can see here is the Crusade... Uh, sorry. Highlanders. The, the, for the, for the Highlanders. benefit of the video, shall I hold it up? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Go, go and have a look at our Facebook video. Um, and on the back it says, so it's the Highlanders, University of Otago on the back, Pulse Energy, the sponsors. Cool, aren't they? They are. So each one of them has got like a, like a small story. This one here is the Crusaders one. That's pretty smart. I do like Adidas clobber. So, yeah. on the sleeve, Tim, as you've got the same, on the sleeve there is a 
a GPS coordinate. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, there is. And also, not on the Crusaders one, but some of them have got uh, some Maori, uh, some Maori in, in, insignia. I'm not even going to attempt to read that. So one of them. Highlander says "Pride of the South" yep. on it. This is uh, your beloved, your beloved Canes. Yeah. Do you like that? I do like that. Mm, nice, isn't it? The colouring of the Canes is excellent. The colouring uh, of the, the colouring of them all actually is excellent. Yeah. So these are going to go up next to our Lions jerseys, uh, the Blues. Imagine Jerome Kano in that. Oh. <laughs> well, imagine Sonny Bill Williams in that. Is he? Is it blues? No. That? Yeah, he's blues this Sonny, year. Sonny Bill Williams. You need to pair that shirt with some under ten shorts. Yeah, <laughs> for Sonny Bill. And my personal favourite, of course, is the Chiefs. the Chiefs. Look at that. Imagine how evil Damian McKenzie will look wearing that. So, do you know what though? That I can only really imagine these shirts on one on one person, and that is Sonny Bill. I always think of like what? How would a how would a shirt look best? It's on a partnership of Robbie Fruin and Sonny Bill. <laughs> both, both of them stood next oh, to each other. God, that, there's a picture of them playing the Canterbury together. Yeah. Goodness me, they look. good. What a centre partnership! What a terrifying oh, prospect. Do, is there anyone we need to thank for that, JB? Yeah, Adidas, of course. Thank you very much, Adidas. Wow. So, they do make good kit. Um, can I get the Canes one in a medium, please, Adidas? Uh, yeah, you can get all sorts, mate. Um, I really like that Highlanders one. I like the colours. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I like them all, but they're all going up in the dungeon. Beautiful stuff. So uh, good, good work, JB. Good work. Thank you very much. Uh, back to our selection then. So well done, boys. We've we've done props. Let's get onto hookers then and round off this front row. So two captains are from the Six Nations squads are hookers, Best and Hartley. Neither of which will go. Neither of which will go. Maybe best will. Best will go. I'm pretty. I, I would select. Well, no, this isn't about what we think will go. This is our selection. Yes. Um, I think I, there's a chance all three could go. Um, I would have question marks over all Hartley. Three. Sorry, sorry. All, both. <laughs> but I'm also then thinking of Jamie George. So both, <laughs> yeah. both of them could go. So I'm. I'm. My first name on that plane is Jamie George. Probably yes. Then it's Ken Owens. I can see that. And then it can be one of the national captains, probably best. Again, yeah, I can see that. Uh, my selection is... Owens, I think, has earned his spot on the plane with his performances. Yep. Um, Jamie George, yes... I'd like, at that point, I think they're your two best hookers. Yes, I can see going for Rory Best. He's experienced captaining aside, beating the All Blacks in the last six months. Uh, and and, that, and he's got a lot of test caps to his name. Maybe in another era of Irish rugby, he wouldn't have got nearly as many caps. But he, I'm, I don't want to denigrate how good a player he is because he is very good. He's got good leadership skills as well. But, I mean, that might be critical here. But I want Tommy Taylor in. Ooh. I want to take, well, I want to take Tommy Taylor. Um, there's a guy who is an international, not been playing much, but he's playing out of his skin. I would say he's playing better than Tommy Taylor in the Premiership. That's Richard Hibbard. He had a great game against uh, Gloucester a couple okay. of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, against, against uh, Bristol a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, mean, um, I personally wouldn't take, <laughs> wouldn't take Hibbard. He does some good stuff and he also does some bad stuff. In I the haven't seen much bad stuff. He reads the. I tell you what, he reads defences. Uh, defences. He reads attacks very well. He's a guy that should take a holiday. In the Southern Hemisphere somewhere. Yes, <laughs> he is. Yeah, keep his phone on. And also, he was so in, uh, integral, I can't say it now, in, integral, integral. thank you, to what Warren Gatland used to do. And I, 
you know, is it that hard to kiss and make up? So mm. are we? Are we? Are we all generally agree? Jamie George, Ken Owens, Rory Best—they are three. Yes. yes. Now Hartley, for two reasons, I don't think should go. One, the so Eddie Jones managed has managed to tame the beast, but only when he's been in an England shirt. As soon yeah. as he goes back to Northampton, he's his usual self, and he's had so little game time in the past twelve months. He's only played for England, not played any at all for Northampton apart from forearming Sean O'Brien into the head. Um, I just can't see him playing. I, I can't also, see him travelling. This sounds like an, like an idiot thing to say, but he doesn't strike me as being tremendously popular I, I might have that wrong <laughs> but among his peers I think I think among his immediate peers uh, his England team he is he is very he is very popular Why, outside of that within like premiership circles he doesn't seem to be universally loved yes I can go with that so that could that could play in, that could play into something. At well, least. You're like a pantomime villain for uh, for storylines and stuff, don't you? Maybe for the press purposes, Hartley would be a good one to go. And, and, can, a, and a kiwi as well. And can you imagine the All Blacks getting underneath his skin? Oh, because they would. They yeah. absolutely would, especially in his home. Have, yeah. Have you ever seen the video of Welcome, welcome Home, Brew? Yeah, exactly. Have you seen the video of um, who could potentially be his opposite man, Dane Coles, where Coles gets smashed by Michael Hooper? No. And. Coles like reacts and just spends the next 30 seconds like screaming in Michael Hooper's face and Hoops just kind of like casually walks off oh dear. could you imagine if Dane Coles was doing that to Hartley he's not just going to casually walk off is he no, no he's, he's going to get under his skin a little bit the mist will yeah. descend yeah. <laughs> so our nine spots in the Lions front row are Macovanapola, Jack McGrath, Joe Marler uh, Ty Furlong WP Nell Dan Cole, yep. Jamie George, Ken Owens, Rory Best. Let Correct. Me, let me give you my uncapped, not bolted, but my uncapped player who might be considered. Uh, and that is Maxwell Heath playing both loose and tight. So Maxwell Heath is the one I thought the of. The guy that moved to Australia to play for Australia. And yeah. Then, and then <laughs> came back a year later because it didn't really work out. Yeah, but it's 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 so, not yeah. easy, you know? It's not easy to go both sides. So the only reason I was thinking of him is... Yes, he is a potential bolter, and there's not actually that many. It's quite hard, and he can play both sides. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not advocating that he yeah. goes, but no, there yeah. are not many, that, particularly because of the special specialty of the position these days. Um, historically, you used to get lots of players who would be a bench player who could play both sides. Now, you don't. You have dedicated loose heads and dedicated tight heads. He could do some good photo shoots for the marketing people. <laughs> tops off. 100%. Yeah, that, yeah. With that rig. Uh, so there we go. So of that, qu- quickly then select your... Well, here we are. Night before the... Or two days before the first test, your starting front row, Phil. Mako Best Furlong. Mako George Cole. McGrath... George Furlong hmm. with, with Mako as a finisher. Oh, okay, I, okay. I, I can see Mako as a finisher. I just think he's, he's almost too good not to have on the pitch for 50 minutes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Second right, uh, before we go on to second rows, I have a Lions-based quiz. Ooh, Five second. questions. Uh, play along as you're listening. JB versus Phil. Um, keep a note of your answers and we'll come back and do those in a minute. So... Um, who was the last player to be selected for the Lions before playing for their country? We were just talking about uncapped Ding! players. So, so keep, wait, make, are we gonna oh, okay. make, make a note of it. Make a note of it. 
For, so question one, who was the last player to be selected for the Lions before playing for their country? Question two, who missed two late penalties for Australia in 2013 as the Lions held on for a 23-21 victory in the first test? Sorry, read that again. Who missed two, okay, got it. Who missed two late penalties <laughs> for Australia in 2013 as the Lions held on for a 23-21 victory in the first test? Okay. What is the name of the Lions mascot? The old one was replaced on the last tour. Uh, there was a, the, the last mascot's name uh, was the last mascot was replaced in 2013. What's the name of the oh, current current Lions mascot? Okay. One player has played for and against the Lions. For... He played for the Lions against South Africa, and. Uh, in 2009 and against the Lions four years earlier four years which would be 2005 so I'll leave you to work out that was the tour of New Zealand Uh, so he played against them so one one player played for the Lions in 2009 against South Africa and against the Lions not uh, not for New Zealand but on the New Zealand tour right okay obviously because you can't play international rugby for yeah yeah okay Okay. Hmm. And final question. Johnny Wilkinson, and there's there's a point for... Uh, oh, no, actually, don't worry. It's just closest wins. Johnny Wilkinson is the top point scorer for the British and Irish Lions in test matches. How many points has he scored? Ooh. Nearest wins the point. Okay. Hmm. In, in, just in test matches? Just in test matches, yeah. So... In South Africa. Did he play in a test? Yeah, just in test matches. No, sorry. In oh, the, the, the question before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the player. The, the player, he played for the Lions against South Africa. Yep, in a test. Oh, yeah. Against, against South Africa yeah, yeah, in 2009. Yeah. And he played for a team on the New Zealand tour against the Lions okay, in I 2005. I think I've got it. Hmm... Mm-hmm. And that final question: the number of points Johnny Wilkinson has scored okay. in Test matches for the Lions. He's the top point scorer. All right. So answers. Answers. Uh, the the last player to be selected for the Lions before playing for their country. I believe it's Will Greenwood. Will Greenwood. Correct. Oh. Well done. Yeah. Was what? What? You going for the ding sound? It's going for some. Oh, oh you got you got your own bell. Just use let me use use the bell. Oh, the bell. You got the real bell. Use the real thing. Ding. There you go. Uh, okay, next question was, who missed two late penalties for Australia in 2013 as the Lions held on for a first test victory? I know. KB. Curtly Beale. Curtly Beale is correct. Two from two. Okay, what is the name of the Lions mascot? It was changed uh, in so, 2013. Lenny. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I've got, I've got Leo. Leo was the name of the old, uh, old, like, the, the current mascot, which changed on the Australia tour, is Billy. Sorry, what is the new mascot? Is it it's, a, it's another, it's another stuffed toy lion. It's just a different lion. Why? What was it with the old one? Because <laughs> uh, some unspeakable things happened to it in 2009 <laughs> that we can't talk about. <laughs> Wait, okay. it was, was Ellie Skinge on that tour? <laughs> <laughs> that was the question we got asked Shh, m- quiet, more than any quiet, other. Quiet. Uh, in I'm Romania. Gonna I'm going to press stop. I'm going to press stop. <laughs> right. Move on. Okay. One player played for and against the Lions, for the Lions in 2009 against South Africa and against the Lions on the tour of New Zealand four years earlier. I've got no idea... So I've guessed. Have you? I, I, I know the game where he played. So four years earlier. So, okay, so I'm gonna. So can go we on. carry on guessing? What game? Until we get it. What game? Do you, what game do you think he played? It was in? in Cardiff. It was a draw. Lions versus Barbarians. That was but the game. Did did Lions not warm up against Argentina for that tour? Oh, you're right. They did. Any it other? wasn't the Barbars game. So th- my guess, which is probably wrong, was Tom Croft. So how would he have played against? Oh, he might have been... Might have been... Tra- so he would have been quite young, like 1920 in so 2005. So your guess is Tom... Oh, no, because he didn't play in the tests. Oh, this has messed it up somewhat. Well, who, who are you going to say? Well, I've got a list of players that could that you know, could have <laughs> played. But now I'm I'm completely all, all at sea. So what games did they play over in... Over in New Zealand, so they warmed up against. Well, they just played. All, so they just would have played New Zealand provincial teams, wouldn't they? Yeah. So the only one I can think of is Tom. Is Tom Wood who played provincial, but he never played. Uh, oh, question. Oh no, because it wouldn't have been two thousand nine. Oh, I know, I know. No, you don't. Ricky Flutie. Correct. Oh, you, correct. Oh, bang, no. bang, 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 he, bang. Play, he played for Wellington. God damn it. Uh, in 2005, and he played in the third test against South Africa in 2009. <laughs> yes. Right, so, JB, you need to get closer than Phil on this one. Otherwise, 55. Phil has one. Top point scorer in test matches. JB, you, you went out early with 55. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've, should I go for what I've written down, or should yeah. I just uh, go, go for one what, of Go for what you've written down. So, I wrote down 66. One of you is very, very close. Me. One of you is one point away. Me. 67. Oh! <laughs> That's no. unbelievable, Phil. I should have known that Phil, Phil would have done some quick <laughs> brain calculations. <laughs> God damn it. Great effort. Uh, 4-2 victory for Philip. Oh, des- well deserved. It's a nice little jingle, Jay. Thanks. <laughs> Second row. Five lock positions then, although there are utility players which could change things slightly. No, that, yeah, that does make it more interesting because there's two utility players who I think should be in consideration in Itoji and Henderson. Yeah. So, where do you, where do you start? All right, so first of all, I would like to get rid of the idea that 
Todd uh, Itoji is a utility player. I think he's an he's an out and out lock who just happens. You know, he can do it because he's that good. Yeah, he's a lock who could sit on the bench as yeah. a as a as a utility. It player. isn't like a Henderson situation where people are like, is he a six? Is he a second row? We don't really know. Although Hendo looked great at lock as well, didn't he? In yeah. that like, against England, he and is, also he's, a hell of a player. he's got a bit of a lion's feel about him as well. He's got like proper farmer strength. He has, hasn't he? He doesn't <laughs> yeah. look. He's, he's much stronger than he looks like he should be. Yeah. But so the the reason I bring into the the um, utility player is not necessarily because of a test match because you'd probably want them in their best position, but having the advantage of putting people in different positions for the provincial games is actually quite a big thing. Mm. Uh, okay, so okay, well, uh, I so- don't think anyone from any nation gets into into second row outside of England. Sorry, other than Alan Wynn outside of England, Johnny Gray. I'm actually the more I've watched of Johnny Gray over this tournament, I'm aligning with Jay on this. He is a tremendous workhorse, brilliant, but that is what defines his game. Yeah, and there are there are other people who do do the work rate and do more. Tim Swinson, for instance, <laughs> <laughs> in a very uh, something that, will, that JB will hate. Uh, bearing in mind discussions we've had in the past about South African politics, I think if there was a fifty-fifty call to be made. Johnny Gray would get the spot politically, but I think he. But I think he would deserve it as well. I don't want to patronise his selection, but Scotland need to have some representation on the tour, and Johnny Gray is one of those few players that can. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of players that could. There's a lot of players that are good enough, but I just don't think he um, he deserves it. Quite frankly, so Maruitoji in. Yeah. Alan Wynne Jones in. Yeah. Although yeah. there's a little asterisk next to him with his fitness, um, potentially out. Until uh, the end of the season, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see on, on how that develops. Um, Cruis in. Cruz on on past form, I'd select him. Laws in. Well, I'd put Launchbury ahead of Laws. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think Laws should be ahead uh, ahead of Itoji. <laughs> I've heard that an awful lot recently. So that Laws has to go. Laws has been outstanding over the Six Nations. Yeah, both him and Launchbury. So- and he is he is the one that really offers the flexibility. And people say Itoji, well, he wears six. But, but Laws was Laws- packing down at yeah. six half the time. So, I mean, no one's talking about Laws as the, uh, as the, as the flex guy. Oh, he can do it. This is so hard to call. So, come on. Uh, then, right, so- I, I really would like to see Hendo in there. I would. I think he is quality, in, quality so, player. Uh, so, who drops out? So, you're, you're, so we get, you're going Itoji, Alan Wynne Jones, Launch, Bree, Cruz, Hendo. They're your five. With Laws dropping out. For me, yeah, yeah, I'm having laws over Henderson. Oh yeah, yeah. So the England four plus Alan win. And Tim, you get the deciding vote. I think laws or Hendo. I basically. think I think blindside is such a strong position for the like well flank. At, but oh no, actually, is it? Yeah. Oh, it depends. Yeah. Oh man, this is this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so you're, so are we so we're saying no Johnny Gray in our line squad. No, not for me. So no, okay. I think me and Jay are both aligned on that. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I, I think that will raise a few eyebrows. I think, but I, I can understand your logic. So Marowitoji's in. Alan Wynne Jones is in. We're all agreed on Joe Launchbury. We're all agreed on George Cruz. And then it's Henderson or Laws. Yeah, correct. I go Hendo. Mm. Mm, so me and you. Agree, Tim. One, no, no uh, accountant-looking Devin Toner. <laughs> no. no, he's no. played very well. Yeah, yeah but there you uh, go. Donna Ryan as one, well has played very well. One Irishman, one Welshman, three Englishmen. 
we're going to be called parochial for that for that yeah. call. But there you go. Br- bring it on. <laughs> so starting test match locks then. Oh, this is for, gets, this gets test. difficult. Todgy and Launchbury. I would be tempted to go Alan Wynne Jones and Launchbury. Oh yeah, Alan Wynne Jones and Todgy then. I'd be tempted Alan Wynne Jones and Launchbury with um, Itoji on the bench. Simply don't know. <laughs> oh my god! I know. I can't call that. I can't call that. I'll, I'll go Itoji and Alan Wynne. But you could you could very easily find ourselves in a situation in a uh, couple of months' time where Cruis, back to fitness, played in the knockout stages of, exactly of the Premiership, the knockout stages of the Heine- the European Champions Cup. He is a dominator, and has he? been outstanding in all of them. Because I've I don't think I've ever seen Cruis have a bad game. No, uh, du- double Premiership winner, double European winner, oh. and, and his lineup. So, and you two both mentioned having George Jamie George starting. Having Cruis, who calls the lineouts at Saracens, calls the lineout at, at England, playing yeah. with Jamie George, that's actually quite a big deal. Yeah, huge deal. Huge, huge deal. So, uh, Courtney Laws and Johnny Gray, get yourself a holiday booked uh, yeah. <laughs> somewhere around the Australia, New Zealand area. Um, so, we move on to back row then. The final, in fact, before we go on to back row, um, let's have another brief little interlude. Because uh, I, I think we should just take a moment again to to thank the wonderful people at Raging Bull for uh, for our tour attire. Yes. And uh, Raging Bull are bringing you tour stories uh, ahead of the Lions. So uh, RagingBull.co.uk is where you can get your leisure attire for your club tour. The tour attire. Or whatever, your tour attire. Yeah. You can get, obviously, hang on there um, and get your egg chasers tie to, to go with that. But um, here's a tour story then. So uh, the professionalism of of the tour as it currently is probably means that the 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 amateur days are kind of dead. There might be a couple of beers on a, on an evening on a, on a day off, but realistically, I th- there's quite a lot of teetotalers in the Lions, the last uh, Lions squad. No, no, there's not. Sam Warburton's teetotal. No, he's not. So I, yeah, he is, isn't he? <laughs> well, see, I <laughs> it's quite funny. I think from a media point of view, they are told. To say your teetotal, right? So if a, if a nosy reporter comes around and says, "Hey, Sam Warburton, um, you know, what's your favourite drink?" Is oh, I don't really drink actually, and then deflect the question, and everyone assumes it. Donny Cipriani didn't drink allegedly. Well, I, I've well, re- it, I've read an interview with Billy Vanapola where he said he doesn't, he doesn't drink. drink. Yeah, and we all saw a, a few <laughs> weeks ago him coming out of a club in Dublin. Yeah, he might have had one or two, maybe one or two. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're all say, uh, they all say, "Oh, I don't really." They don't say them. Te- they never say I'm teetotal. There's a, uh, there's a handful who do. Peter Stringer. Yep. Johnny Wilkinson. Yep. I mean, even Johnny Wilkinson has the old glass of wine. He probably, as he's mellowed, certainly in the World Cup. Have you read the the um, interview with him where he he was talking about winning the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. yeah he didn't want to drink because he wanted to remember everything. Yeah, and he he just said, he, "I didn't really know what to do. I had my hands in the air and was just running around, not w- knowing what to do." And then you read Mike Tyndall describing the, exactly the same thing. He's like, I made a beeline for the champagne. It was just champagne and then tinnies all the way like for, for three days until I got home. I do love that World, uh, that when Johnny Wilkinson and Will Greenwood are uh, like doing Ring a Ring of Roses, just going, World Cup! World <laughs> Cup! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you to Raging Bull. Um, there's going to be an opportunity in the coming weeks for you and your team, maybe you're going on a pre-season tour or a summer tour, to get your tour attire as a prize. So get thinking about tour stories you might have. But here's a Lions tour story brought to you by Raging Bull. Um, 
Blair Paddy Main. Is that a guy you've heard of before? Uh, no, no, it's not. I can't say it is. Okay. So he's a man who has every claim to be being described as the hardest drinking, freest swinging firebrand in the long history of the Lions. Wow. He was an Irish lock, a one-time university heavyweight boxing champion. He <laughs> toured in 1938. Sorry, can I, can I just tell you how old this story is? Can you imagine any university even having a boxing society anyway? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he toured in 1938. Uh, his, his great running gag was to burst into his teammates' rooms in the middle of the night Knocking, knocking the doors off the hinges, then systematically smashing up all furniture <laughs> <laughs> until all chairs and tables and th- and everything were were looked like bits of kindling around the room. Yeah, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to in- interrupt you again now, Tim. So not That's only, fine, no interrupt away. Yeah, not only is this old, right? This is these are the days when this is serious. So do you know, like when you're a kid and the new TV was a big deal, you got a new TV once every ten years. It's same with furniture. Like, if you want a bit of furniture, you can dip down to Ikea and you can get one for uh, a 20 quid table or something. These days, or them days, I should say, these were sculpted by, like, cabinet makers. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you couldn't get a cheap table from a, mass pro- you know, a mass-produced um, Swedish Mul- retailer. Multinational, yeah. Like, you know... This this is serious shit. <laughs> the management despaired of Maine, who used to run around with Welsh hooker Bunner Travers. The two, of, <laughs> the, the two of them once dressed up as sailors and snuck off to the Durban docks just so they could pick fights with the local longshoremen. What? When they got to Ellis Park, they found the stands were being erected by a team of convicts from the local prison who were sleeping in a compound underneath the scaffolding. Better times. Blair and Bunner befriended one of the one of the prisoners and asked him what he'd done to merit a sentence. Stealing chickens, the man said. And I've been given a seven-year stretch. Full of sympathy for their new companion, who they nicknamed Rooster, <laughs> Blair and Bunner returned that night with a pair of bolt cutters and spare clothes. They sprung Rooster and set him free. When he was caught the next day, it turned out that the jacket he was wearing still had Maine's name stitched on the inside. Oh, no. Just good days. Um, amazing. Uh, amazing story. Um, and, and to think, Manu Tuolangi got in trouble for jumping off a ferry. Yeah, so there's fi- there's fi- the final straw here. So in desperation, the management decided to make Maine share a room with the fly half George Cromie, who also happened to be a Presbyterian minister. <laughs> <laughs> but even Cromie <laughs> couldn't stop him uh, sneaking off from an official dinner to go on a late night hunting trip with a group of men he'd met uh, who were carrying rifles and lamplights. Cromie waited up for his roommate till 3am and just as he was not off, Maine broke down the door and announced, "I've just shot a Springbok." Uh, he uh, he was he had the Springbok dead antelope draped over his shoulders, and um, said that he did it because some of the boys were complaining the meat wasn't fresh enough. Uh, oh my god! They told him to do one, and in the end, he left it outside the room of the South African manager with a note saying, "A gift of fresh meat from the British Isles touring team." Wow. Different times, great days. So, God, I hate my life. <laughs> I, I've, ju- I've just looked up Robert Blair Paddy Main. His um, accompli- accomplishments in this order are so solicitor, <laughs> <laughs> Briti- British Army soldier, yeah, Island Rugby International, British and Irish Lion, amateur boxer, and get this one. 
founding member of the Special Air Service, the, F- the SAS. Oh. In 1941, he was a founding member of the SAS. Good God. <laughs> what a man. <laughs> is there a more alpha male man oh my ev- God. ever? That wow. is remar- truly remarkable. I am gobsmacked. <laughs> Oh, what horrible! What a horrible oh, no, society he, we live in. <laughs> he won a Distinguished Service Order medal with three bars: the Légion d'Honneur and the Croix de Guerre. He's just uh, an incredible man, Paddy Main. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm speechless. Lions Tour Tale brought to you by RagingBull.co.uk. Get your tour attire there. Right, mm. back row. Ooh, it's going to get hot again in the back row. Now, this is the most interesting one, isn't it? Because this is the most open to interpretation, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, there's So you can take this lots of different ways, I think is what... Well, that's the way I'm in, interpreting what you're saying. Uh, yeah, well, back row do lots of different things, don't they? Yeah. As we found out with when I asked for Peter O'Marney to play for Ireland. Uh, and, um, and, and about and two weeks before when I'd done. The same. <laughs> uh, so... So, so should we pick the number eights? Because I think the, on the flanks, do we, do you need two specialist number eights as were last time? That, yeah, let's yeah. start with number eights because number eights are pretty much universal, aren't they? Yeah. As in, they do number eight stuff. So it's yeah. it's Vinopola, and then it's uh, Falatau needs to prove himself in these in in the in the final games of the season for Bath. Unfortunately for him, they don't have high level no. European competition. Um, but because you could have Stander as a as the second eight potentially, you could take him as a flanker and then. As an auxiliary eight, couldn't you? Because he was yeah. he was brilliant against England. I think that Nathan Hughes is the second eight. In the absence Ahead of, of Falatau. Well, in the absence of Falatau being 100% fit and 100% proven this season. Yeah. So, I think we will get to see, between the, now and the end of the season, you, he will be playing, or he's most likely to be playing knockout Aviva, um, and he will be playing knockout um, European Challenge Cup rugby. So, if, if, I would personally go for Falatau. If he's 100% fit, I'm in with Falatel. Okay. But then the third guy... Well, this, this is where having Hendo as one of your locks maybe opens up that opportunity to go, do you know what? We'll have Vunapola, Falatel, and we can have someone else who can play. You could, we could have CJ Stander as a six or eight. Well, how about or Hughes you like? could even have Hughes in your squad because you've got Hendo that can, and Anatoji yeah. that can... Heaslip? Oh, Heaslip. <laughs> so Heaslip is playing tremendously well. Yeah. I I know I said it before the Six Nations and he played very well in that, but I do just I am just starting to wonder is it a tour too far for Heathslip? Well, particularly with like the explosive ath- athleticism of Vunipola and Falatel and potentially Nathan Hughes. I'm on record as saying that Heathslip is the Patrick Cliver of rugby. He's a <laughs> flat track bully, but I I was simply wrong. Um you know, there are plenty of games where he's stood up and played extremely well. You know, the All Blacks game, he was outstanding. Most of Six Nations, he's been very, very good. Yeah. So I can't really continue on that on that line of thought. If anything, his leadership qualities have improved, which is quite something. I don't think it is a tour too far for him. If you're playing well enough, undoubtedly yeah. he is. And if he was fit, he would have started in that island back row, which is no, no mean feat. It, it, you're right, it is no mean feat. And it, so... He doesn't bring the explosive ball carrying that Falatau or, or um, Vunipola do. No. Nope. Something he does bring is exceptional hands and exceptional intelligence. Um, so it depends. So for me, it depends how you're going to balance the rest of the back row. Because if you can get that from somewhere else, like a Tipperick or like a Robshaw, you don't need 
Do he slip? Should we pick our kind of nailed on have to go and then see where we are after that? Because I okay. imagine that might be the process they go through. I, I yeah. would do that, right? Except for the there's a problem I, I don't know who it, the nailed on guy <laughs> is definitely Billy Van everything else and Warburton yeah is he I would say Warburton is I think so uh, but both on form and in the roles that he can do he can play 6 he can play 7 he's he's one of the best at the breakdown uh, CJ Stander would be the other one so I think you've got three guys there that straight away have to go which leaves what four spot, uh, four or five spots left uh, well yeah they took so they took seven last time, so four spots left. So Vunapola, Stander, Warburton are, are, are on the plane. Yep. Um, if we take Falatau as our second number eight, if he can prove his fitness, Heaslip potentially, yep. if not, or Hughes. Uh, I, I'd put Heaslip above Hughes personally, but... Um, okay, so Falatau there, that's four, so we've got three spots left. So for me then, you almost look at... Because uh, you could argue that Vunapola, uh, Stander and Warburton, they, they are your first choices and they all fit six, seven and eight. Yeah. Mm. You almost say, right, who does those jobs almost as well? Yeah. So So do you want more of the same or do you want options? Well, I'm almost so the breakdown and line out work of Amani get, gets him on the plane for me. Can I tell you about a conversation that I had with an individual I won't mention his name, but I had a conversation with an individual who knows a thing or two about rugby. <laughs> and what came? What, what did Steve Diamond say? <laughs> <laughs> I no, I heard a great story about Steve Diamond. By the way, so, 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 very very briefly. It's only a quick one. Uh, what you want to talk about, Steve Diamond? Be my <laughs> guest. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, tier two rugby. I, I had a chat with someone. Apparently, after a Russia versus oh, I've heard this a Russia versus Germany game uh, in Hamburg, I think it was. Um, straight after the game, the referee. Z- the referees and both sets of players went straight to the bar in their full kit. They went out in the town in their, in their full, full kit, kit. in their full kit still. Amazing. And the last thing that this person who told me the story remembers was Steve Diamond holding up two bottles of vodka, pouring it in players' mouths. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard the other one that they uh, his Russia team beat Georgia in Georgia, and they had to lock themselves in the changing room uh, until all the crowd left. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, uh, Steve Diamond, the only man I literally, I literally can't interview, can't even get close to him. Yeah. I mean, I can get physically close to him, but uh, <laughs> you, he, he won't talk. Uh, you were going to say something else then? Yeah, so it's about you know having people that break down and having fetchers, if you like. So the theory being that having a fetcher is great, but having one fetcher is no good. You may as well have none. Having two is not is pretty much the same because they get targeted. You need about four fetchers in in um, in your in your pack, if not if not your wider squad, if that makes sense. Because yeah. otherwise, they just get smashed off the ball. So if, for instance, there is enough fetching ability between Itoji and Cole, that does open up the opportunity to have another fetcher on the flank and maybe a, a fourth guy at eight because you can't target them all. If not, you may as well do what England do and say, oh, well, we've got no one who's a really good ground worker. Let's go for a Haskell type who works really hard and a really, you know, a, a much different looking back row. So, so, yeah, when you mentioned this to me the other day, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. And, and then you never think of it like that. But then when you think of it like that, you're like, right, yeah, that actually makes sense. If we're going to employ it as a tactic, we might as well have three or, or four of them. If not, almost let it go, don't compete on the floor and use your skills elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, so that ma- it just made me think, does this Lions team have enough around the pack and maybe around the wider the wider starting squad 
to, to do that. And if they don't, well, then does Warburton fit in? Do all these other ground workers fit in? I don't know. So, my, my se- well, sorry, go on, Phil. I'm just going to say, so Itoji, who probably, he may be a starter, he may be on the bench. I think he, he topped the turnovers in the Six Nations this year. So he is a genuine fetcher, mm. um, even though he probably doesn't uh, strike you as that type. Well, he does for Saracens. He, he, he steals a yeah. huge amount of ball. Yeah. M- my seven back row then, I'll just go for it and pick my yep. seven back row. As we said, Warburton, Stander, Vernapola. Yep. Uh, and then I go Falatau. Yep. Amani. Mm-hmm. O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Robshaw. What, okay, so... A lot of people will say Tipperick. I, 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 I'm more in the mind of... Uh, partly flexibility, partly great players. I'm. Uh, some people might say you need that kind of, um, you need that groundwork player, and Tipperick is is outstanding at, at doing a lot of the good things a seven does. I'm yeah. I just I, part of it is me willing Chris Robshaw on the plane, uh, and a lot of people would would raise their eyebrow. A lot don't of people, disagree with you. I'm sure a lot of people might go Tipperick instead of Robshaw, and that's probably the seven that they go with as well. Maybe so. I look at back row in two ways. What can they do? As in, what do I want my back row to do? And also, how do they patch up the weaknesses in my team? So, for instance, Wales use Tipperick as much as a line option as anything else because line options are, aren't great. Whereas, you know, Ireland, Ireland don't have that. They use theirs as extra carriers because their carriers aren't. Well, Amani. Am- yeah, until Omani yeah. came in. And- Whose lineup work is superb. Yes. So, Warburton, y- yes, I think. He will go. I'm not sure how important he's going to be compared to other tours. Right, so, so we're saying Warburton, Stander, Vunapola, Falatau, in. Who are the three others? So that's, yeah, so that's the, cont- the, contenders yeah, okay. are, the contenders are Omani, O'Brien, Robshaw, Tipperick, and any more? Nathan, Nathan Hughes. Cause, so, oh, Hamish Watson. Hamish Watson's a handed player. Hamish Watson, I think, will go. John Barkley's been playing very well. Ryan Wilson's a great player. Yep. I personally don't think we're going to get a Scottish guy in the back row I think we'll get Hamish uh, Hamish Wilson Hmm. hence why I think Johnny Gray will 100% go even if it's on political grounds despite the fact we haven't selected him in our squad Hmm. so sevens uh, um, so I'll I'll tell you mine Tim you've given me yours so I would have Vunipola Stander Warburton Faletau Robshaw Nathan Hughes Sean O'Brien so basically, we've traded. I've gone for Omani. You've gone for Hughes. Yes, and okay. the reason I do that is because I think Falatau could be an exceptional number six. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I'm thinking. I would to the point where I would want Falatau and Billy Vanapola in my starting back row. Yeah, and I don't know who the seven's going to be. It's probably going to it's probably going to be Warburton. I, do you know what? I, I'm with Tim. I, I would have. O'Morning because he just strikes me as a kind of player. He gets a run of games in Stander the team. Stander could shift across to eight. He could do. Yeah, and he, he could can also do. come on late late in the game. Stander's that kind of player. I just yeah. think O'Morning, if he gets a gets a shot, is going to be very hard to start sh- the team. Yeah, you you are probably right, and he does. He offers something different to some of the other guys. He's going to kill a man. Uh, so, so are we all? Th- we all agree. So our starting Lions back row for Test One, if we were picking it tomorrow, Billy Vanapola eight, CJ Stander six, Sam Warburton seven. And our with, our with Falatau on the bench with Falatau. No, I'd go Falatau starting at six. Actually, I I would as All well. All right, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm game off with that. with CJ Stander C- on the bench. CJ Stander on the bench. Wow, uh, there we go. So Falatau, Vinopola, Warburton, Stander on the bench, and Amani, O'Brien, and Robshaw. Yes, Robshaw, Tipperick is probably the one 
question mark a lot of people might have off the back of that. Um, yeah. There you go. We, that was it. that was an exacting process, uh, but I think we've thoroughly done it. We've done it as thoroughly as they will be doing it on April the 19th. Ex- well, if not more thoroughly. Yeah. Um, what's our game, game of the week, Phil? Oh, yeah. Our, uh, our game of the week <laughs> with leovegas.com. <laughs> where our predictions could earn you... You can get profit boosts on your first bet with leovegas.com. They love their rugby. They partnered up with Leicester Tigers and they wanted a podcast to partner up with. Obviously, they came to us. And uh, thanks to that, you get the the offer of a great deal and you get the benefit of Phil's statistical wisdom (laughs) as we look ahead to one game this coming weekend. The game this weekend. So there there is in this weekend... um, a couple of not so good games. For example, Exeter host Bristol, mm. Sale host Worcester. Although that'll be well, relatively that'll, balanced. Look forward to that one. Newcastle host Gloucester. Not uh, particularly looking forward to that one. Uh, why, why not? That'll be a good game. That'll be, um, it, be competitive. It will be competitive, but it's more the wrong end of the table. Okay. One of the very interesting ones, particularly with top four in mind, will be Bath hosting Leicester. Oh, this the, the big the big game at uh, Twickers. They've sold out the whole lower tier. Like, Is that right? Have like they? 50,000 people, I think. Awesome. And they, they, they've opened up the upper tiers. Or they, they, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That'll be a good good day out. Good atmosphere. Uh, it's gonna. This is bloody hard to uh, uh, to call. So, whose home game is this? So it's it's officially Bath's home game. Right. Okay. Um, which hmm. which does. <laughs> You almost feel that Bath are kind of losing out by hosting this at Twickenham. Yeah, agreed. I'm sure they'll get a bigger percentage of the gate receipts, but in terms of the importance of this game in, in the league table, it's... Giving away the advantage of the wreck. Yeah. So... Mind you, the last time I went to the wreck to watch Bath... The last two times I've been to the wreck to watch Bath play, they've been hammered by Harlequins and Wasps, respectively. Yeah. So, uh, I actually think that the strength and depth back ha- Bath... Back, Bath have in the pack... Is going to is going to be telling both in their front row rotation, which I think is superior to Leicester's, not maybe the starting front rows, but the rotation. Yeah. Um, and also, I think they've got a more substantial and heftier pack. So that that will that will be the difference. Having said that, I've said they've got a, a better pack. They've also got some exceptionally exciting backs. Um, I think Bath are going to win this by by ten. So I think the honeymoon, the honeymoon O'Connor effect, uh, is going to be kicking in a little do you bit more. Think? Yeah, I, I think that's why they've brought that. That's why See, they've I, made the call now. I mean, it's very unrugby like to make a call with to change a coach with two, uh, you know, within less than twenty four hours after winning a trophy, and and also with only five games left in the season. See, I, I can't help but think that you're massively wrong here, Tim. I, you, if a coach is unpopular and gets fired and you're at the wrong end, wrong end of the table, yeah, you get a honeymoon period. But Matt O'Connor isn't the honeymoon guy. It, he's the guy who's left to pick up the pieces after a, su- a substantial, sustained period of mourning. Uh, yeah, so I... There was a couple of weeks ago when the, the um, announcement was made... There was a few players I saw tweeting very unhappily. Yeah. Two I can think of particularly, uh, Toulouse Vianu and um, Freddie Burns. I, yeah, I'll tell you right now, those boys 
really, really like Major. They, they like uh, they like Cockers, but they love Major it, to the point it was almost cult like. So, <laughs> and he was he was doing some good uh, some good stuff. I pointed out the um, game planning that they had against uh, Gloucester. Well, you know, Mike Connor's a fine coach. Matt O'Connor is a fine coach, I'm sure, but I don't think it's going to be a honeymoon period. Oh, I'm just saying they've brought him in with that in mind. So we 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 will see. I'll, I'll go for Leicester to sneak it away. I'm going to say points difference, Tim. Um, Leicester by six. I'm going to say, I think the backs broadly cancel each other out. Um, broadly, the forwards. Oh, Falatel and Francois Lowe, they get that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, guys. Having guys, those two. Actually, I'm going to change my mind. Yeah, I'm, change, I'm changing my mind. Bath. With the players they've had out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Give me Bath. Bath by. Bath by five I'm for gonna, me. Uh, Bath by six. I've completely professed. <laughs> as fickle as I am, that's how little you should listen to me. But if you do listen and you do open up and you do get your double profit boost with LeoVegas.com, then you could potentially, if you make up your own mind or listen to Phil, you could <laughs> bag yourself with LeoVegas.com some. Enough of that. Right, we are done. We'll be back next week with a selection for the backs uh, on our Lions Selection Podcast Part 2. Of the players we've selected, how many do you think were from each nation? Uh, have you got one from Scotland? One from Scotland, WPNL. Three from Wales. Four from Wales. Uh, maybe five from Ireland. S- seven. Seven from Ireland. And, and the rest s- must be from France. Uh, <laughs> nine nine Englishmen nine Se- Englishmen seven Irish one, uh, four Welsh and one Scottish we're going to get accused of being parochial there but there you <laughs> don't go don't care whatever don't care informed how many from North get. Wales <laughs> uh, more importantly uh, none oh I'm not interested uh, thank you very much for listening yeah like I say part two of the Lions selection will be the back line get in touch and tell us what you think of what we said uh, tell us what you think in terms of the backs ahead get in touch with us whatever which way uh, Phil you better get you better fly back to where are you going back to uh, I'm currently going back to the wine region uh, Franschuk uh, South Africa hell I'm going back to hell <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm flying back to Yosemite um... even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right now, in fact, I'll be there very soon. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time in a bit. Bye. Bye.